Well, good evening, everyone. Good to see you tonight. Thanks for being faithful and um, coming on a Wednesday evening. Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 14 tonight and um, just be praying for a couple of our young people, a couple of our, our school staff that are away to high school camp uh, the, the next couple of days. And so just pray for them. We've got a lot of new students in high school that uh, I think it's a good opportunity for, uh, for the gospel to be preached in the next couple of days. A couple of them that have come from different schools and different backgrounds that um, just a good opportunity for them while they're away uh, for, for Jabez particularly to, and the staff to, to talk to them about the gospel. So really praying that there's a couple of the, the kids that get saved during the week. And, um, and I know, I know uh, Jabez was a bit nervous this morning. He came and was a bit nervous about being the, the, the guest speaker at camp and all of that. But I told him he'll be fine, all right, and he'll, he'll do well. And uh, look, so looking forward to them are getting back, and particularly because my wife's on the camp, so I'm, I'm, I'm particularly waiting on the camp to be done, all right? And uh, it's just me and the boys, so pray for the boys, all right? I'm, I get to feed them, and we're off to a good start this afternoon. I got them burgers, all right? So, and uh, they're not complaining. But, um, uh, but because of that, a couple of our regular sound men are away at camp, and so we've got a few trainees at the back there, and Simon's the boss, so just um, it's good to see some of our, our young men getting trained up and, and being involved in ministry as well, and, um, and so we're looking forward to, to tonight. Luke chapter 14, and um, we'll get into the, the message this evening, and um, you know, there's the, the sometimes a view about God that it seems to be that he's a bit, you know, the, there's a general sense from the world that he's a bit, he's a bit in a way where he's, uh, he withholds so much and, and somehow he is looking to, to judge um, all the time. And we understand that God is a, is a righteous judge. We also understand that he, he doles out justice as needed. But sometimes we can escape in, in our thinking um, just the idea and the, the understanding from Scripture that God actually is a very generous God and that in all of what He does for His, his people, He desires to really bless and to really give us the, the needs that we have and, and so forth and and I think in this parable that uh, you'd be familiar with, we can learn a little bit about God's nature. And we're going to read here just a couple of verses. Notice verse 15, and we'll read down to verse 24. And he's really telling a parable that for those in that time would have been a very familiar scene. It's a, it's a, it's a scene of a great supper, and an invitation's been given out to, for those that he has, he has invited to come and be part of this. And notice verse 15, And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, and so he was already teaching a little bit about the custom of feasts and banqueting in that day. He had already taught that, you know, you shouldn't find yourself in the upper seats, 
that you should find yourself uh, in the lower room and then you can get called up. And he was teaching a little bit about just, just showing some humility when you do come into a, a, a banqueting um, situation. You know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't one of those things where sometimes, you know how it is, you, you get in invitations to different dinners and things like that. In, in our day-to-day where really everything's available to us, it, it took a great effort in that time to, to do something like this. And so to be invited to a feast and to be invited to a banquet was actually a great deal. It was, it was actually a sign of status in the, in the day. It wasn't like everyone got an invitation. It was certain people that got an invitation. And, and yet, what we, he, he tells them is, if you do get invited, don't presume that you, you should go up to the upper room. So don't presume that. Actually, go to the lower room, and then you do then get invited up to that upper room. And he was teaching that, and it was in that situation when he was teaching that, that he was eating amongst some, some there, and someone just yells out. He says, And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And, and it, was, it was just a general statement of fact that there was going to be this, this great fellowship in heaven and that there was going to be this, this great time together. And, and he just was making the statement, how good would that be? And, and he was... Then Jesus launches into this teaching. Notice verse 16. He then said he unto him, and really in response to that comment made by this man, says, a certain man made a great supper and bade many. So he invited many people and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And notice this, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Now there's many, many pictures that we can, uh, we can gather from this parable, we understand again that, that Jesus was teaching about a, a scene that was well understood in the time, that there's going to be this great supper, this great get-together, this, uh, this great meal that they were going to have, and there was a great preparation of it. And what, what generally happened in that time was there was an, an initial invitation put out about a, an approximate, generally a couple of that this supper was going to be. It wasn't just a week ahead. It was generally a couple of weeks before because unlike today where general, uh, general things for dinner like, uh, like meats and breads and so forth can just be bought from the shop, those sort of things didn't just come about. 
They had to be ordered. They had to be prepared. They had to uh, be uh, at, at a certain level. And, and the, the hospitality in that time was a bigger deal than hospitality than we have today. And so this was a big deal. And so an invitation was brought out. And then when the, the, a closer time and a, cl- a more accurate time was to be ascertained about that, that, that get-together, then another invitation was sent out. This, this is the, the scene that's happening right now. The servant goes out again. He'd already bidden them. All right, he'd already bidden them to come. And so the, the Lord sends out the servant a second time to then confirm the time that these need to come. So they had a lot of time already to know approximately when this get-together was going to be. Right, so they had, uh, they had opportunity already and yet what he finds is there's all these excuses that come. And, and you get the sense there that the Lord is very displeased with that. Right? They had opportunity, but they didn't come. And, and so there's a great picture here when you consider the supper. And, and again, you can think about the great picture of salvation. When, when Jesus invites us to sup with him, there's a great picture of salvation there, of him allowing us to come into his space and, and him uh, giving us what we need and all of that. There's a great picture of salvation. And generally speaking, when, when this parable is, is thought about, there's a great type there of salvation, how, how Jesus invites those to come and invites those. And, 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 and if those that are, are invited to come reject him, then he goes beyond. He goes to the maimed and the halt in the city. And then he goes beyond that. He says, there's more room. And by the way, that's the reality of salvation. There's more room. Right? It's not just for those who had opportunity. It's for those even beyond that. As as God at at times uh, sends out the call and those that get the call reject him, he looks for more. And he would have, he's not slack concerning his promise that all shall come to repentance. And so he goes to the highways and hedges and he goes beyond. And there's this great picture of this invitation of salvation in this parable. But then we also think, I think there's a great picture of fellowship. You know, every day God invites us to a time and a a relationship of fellowship with him. You know what dinner is and you know what having a meal is? It's not just to sit there and enjoy the food, is it? It's to enjoy the company. And don't you agree, generally speaking, most people would go for the food, but they'd also go for the good company. Okay, the food could be average, but if it's good company, the food just tastes much better anyway. And and so this whole idea of the Lord and the master of the house calling out for those to come was to invite them to fellowship with him was for them to sit around and have a conversation and get to know each other a little bit more. And there were some specific ones that he wanted to draw in, and he said to them many, he, he bade many to come to, 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 to fellowship with him. And, you know, every day we have an opportunity and, and there's an invitation for us to fellowship with our Lord. And there's that great picture of fellowship. And nothing says fellowship more than food more than just getting around a good meal and and having that time together, that's just good fellowship. And so there's this idea and this picture of fellowship there, but then also thinking about the the fact that we're going to be feasting, 
there's a great picture of blessing as well. And God is, is, not, uh, is not one that wants to limit the blessing. He's saying, in, in putting out an invitation, but there's some who have gotten the invitation but will put up excuses about those blessings that become a hindrance to the blessing of just the feasting with the Lord. And, and, and suddenly he finds all of this extra food that he had ordered and had extra, uh, had prepared for all of these people that he thought would come. But you know, he's, he's not just going to throw that away. He sends out, he's saying, you know, if these ones who I invited won't come, then the blessings will go to others. The blessings will go to those that are, are, have a sense of their neediness and they're going to, they're, they're out there, they're halt and maimed and they, they have needs and I'm going to reach out to those and I'm going to bless them. And then if they won't come, then I'm going to go outside the city and I'm going to go to the highways and hedges and I'm even going to compel them to come in because I want to bless them. And that's the kind of God that we have. All right, and, and many times though, because it's an invitation, it's up to us. And as I look at these, and we can look at all three of these types and pictures, we understand that there's, there's actually three groups of people here that responded in different ways. And I want to tell you that, that every day we have a God who's not actually holding back. There's a call out. There's an invitation and maybe you've already answered the invitation for salvation. Praise God for that. But if not, He's calling it out again. But, but maybe you are the one tonight and there has been a time where you put your faith and trust in Christ. You've already taken the invitation of salvation. But maybe it's an invitation of fellowship that you, you maybe it's been... It, it, it's felt a little dry and you felt a little distant. And, and listen, that, that's, not, that's not God's fault. That often lies with us. There's an invitation out for more fellowship. There's an invitation out for us to come closer and get to know Him. And maybe it's in the sense of blessing and you want to see a sense of more of God and more of who He is and more of what he, He's able to do in your life. You know, that's not limited at all. That's up to, up to you to respond to that invitation to come. Because the Bible says there, and yet there is room. There's room. You know, it, God doesn't run out of room. Hey, there's room for you. And if you want to get close to God, the Bible says to draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. That invitation is open. If you want to see more of God's blessings on your life, then listen, He's not unlimited in that. It's, the limitation is so often on us on how much and how willing we are to come to Him. And so, yet there is room. And I want to say that there's three groups of people here that we're going to observe tonight. And maybe you'd find yourself in one of those. But, but the first one is the group that had the most opportunity. You see, they were those that were already bidden. They had previously been invited. They had already understood. And, and these were ones that really, from a, from a cultural point of view... They, they were probably already well aware of, of how well this Lord did His feasts. This probably wasn't their first invite to a gathering like this. They already had knowledge of the 
Lord. They already had a knowledge of who he was. They already had an understanding. And perhaps the majority of these were seen as, as kinfolk, those that were part of already the, the same family or the same tribe. And they were being gathered together to come and, and they had the most opportunity. They had already been bidden. They had already been invited. They already understood. And, and, and some say this is a, a picture of Israel. There were those initial servants that went, they were the prophets, then they came and they were rejected and then, they, then Jesus goes out himself and invites them and then there was a rejection again. And so then Jesus goes out and he goes to those who are maimed and halt and then he goes out to the strangers outside of the city. And so there's a great picture there but there's, a, there's those who have the most opportunity. And, and sometimes we can find ourselves there and what we find with those that had the most opportunity was that they took it for granted. They, they found themselves with excuses. And look at how, how these excuses went. The first one said, hey, um, I bought a, a piece of land and I'm going to go and I'm going to need to see it. Now, most people don't buy property sight unseen. Now, the exception is in our day when during COVID, most of, most of New South Wales and Victoria bought stuff sight unseen, right? And, and they, all just, they all just went on to realestate.com, looked at the ones they could afford, and just bought it on the spot. Now, but in this day, and, and generally speaking, no one buys anything sight unseen. He already saw the land. He, he'd already gone, and he'd already purchased this piece of property. There was no way he needed to go see it again He'd already purchased it. It was, it was an invalid excuse. All right, the next one, he said, I bought a yoke of oxen and I'm, I'm going to go to prove them. Now, who buys oxen, working animals, and doesn't try to test drive them to begin with? Right, he'd already bought the oxen. And, and what we find here is, is the third one says, hey, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. You know, that, that's an that's, that's a invalid excuse. Hey, don't you think that wife would have liked to come to a banqueting? Don't you think that wife would like to go out to find a place to, to relax and to sit amongst those and have great food? And, and what I'm saying is, is those that have the most opportunity can sometimes have the lamest excuses. And you know, sometimes we're in that category. We already know how good the, God, the, the Lord is. We've already gotten the invitations. We already understand how, how good the feasting and the blessing is from God. And, and yet so many times we can find ourselves, we're the ones with the most excuses. We're the ones that when the challenge is put out to, to draw closer to God, we just assume, hey, we, we're already there. We just assume that, hey, that's all. We've got it at all already. We understand how good our God is. And they had excuses, but I'm saying they had poor excuses. And sometimes when the, sometimes when the invitation to come and draw closer to God and, and to get more of who God is, sometimes it's those that have the most opportunity that can have the most poor and lamest excuses, and at times even miss out on actually the, 
all of the, the greater goodness that God has for them. You know, I, I worry sometimes that, that we, we have, uh, we have uh, uh, some generations that come that way. You know, I worry sometimes about my children who, over the course of their lives, they've, they've been bitten over and over again. And now it's just another thing that's part of their schedule in the week. It's just another thing that, hey, I grew up in church. Hey, I understand who God is. I understand how good He is. And, and when it's time for them to answer the call to closeness, to answer the call to blessing, to answer the call maybe to even salvation, then they, the ones that have the most opportunity are the least responsive. You know, I was, again, talking to Jabez about this a little bit, and he was saying, oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know these young people. You know, he was talking about preaching at this high school camp, and he's like, I don't know if a lot of these young people are go to church. I don't even know if they have their Bible. And I was telling, I was telling him, you know, I, I, many times when I, when I preach out and I see that there's a great crowd of people who just don't know and don't seem to be churched, sometimes I get more buoyed and excited to preach to them than, than some of those who just sat in church all their lives and they've heard it all before. Because they've already been bitten. And sometimes they're the hardest to preach to. And sometimes they're the ones that come up with the poorest excuses to not come and not take the invitation. And so there's the first group, the one with the most opportunity. But then there are those in verse 21 that we see, they were in the city. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. After all the rejections and excuses, then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city. And bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. You know who these people were? They were the ones that were overlooked. You know, they were in close proximity, but they weren't the ones that were generally looked upon. They weren't the desirable ones to be invited. But the Lord, He, he looked and He saw, you know what? I'm not going to have this empty. I'm going to go and find those who want to be there. And so those close in proximity, they were in the city, it's probably a picture of those in Jesus' time. The, the ones who he often ministered to in his time were those most needy, and they were the ones that heard him. It wasn't the Pharisees. It wasn't those who had heard it all before. No, it was those that were in close proximity. Some even as he was on his way to go to meet another, some who even touched the hem and he had, had enough faith. And that's a picture of them those who were just close in proximity, and probably they had already heard of the Lord. They had somewhat heard of the, the fanfare that was about to happen at this Lord's house. They, he, they already had heard about this one and, and maybe even thought, well, he'd never invite me. Well, I'm not someone that he would even look at blessing. I'm not one that he would even look at being close to. They had already heard of the Lord, and, and yet they understood they were needy. They understood that they were ones that, that needed an invitation. 
that needed to be touched, that needed the attention, that needed because they were needy. And you know what they felt? They felt honored when they got the invitation. They felt honored. And, and, and yet, the Bible says, there is room. The, the servant went and he said, it's done as thou hast commanded. And you know, so many times it's those who have a, are, are broken in spirit and have a poor and contrite heart and have a, have a sense of their lowliness before, before a, an almighty and all good God that God reaches down to and says, yes, you. So many times we get away from that in our lives. We, we, we start out understanding the need that we have of the Lord, and yet sometimes we can go away, and if we're not careful, we grow cold in our devotion, and we grow cold in our neediness. We grow cold in, in how honored we, we felt just being one of His children, just being invited in the first place. And yet he, they're the ones that He'll go to. They're the ones that He'll reach out. Those who have been injured, they're halt, the maimed and the blind, he'll, he'll go to them and they'll feel their need and they'll feel their honor. And the, you know what? They won't hesitate to take that invitation. But then we see, thirdly, another group. There were strangers on the extremity. Look at verse 23. Again, the, the servant says, and yet there is room. Saying it's not done yet. There's more room. There's more food. Lord, you've not run out. And so what did the Lord say? The Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. You know why I say it's the strangers? The, the Bible's clear in this parable. They were outside the city. You know what that means? They were outside the city. They were probably Gentiles. Those outside the city, they couldn't be in the city. They didn't have any connection and they didn't have family in the city. So they may... Uh, they, they, they were probably those who had traveled in to perhaps come to visit, perhaps try to relocate. There were those that were trying to start a trade or a business, and they found themselves in the highways and hedges. They're, those were the places where those who were strangers to that city, they were, that was the only place that they could stay. And so they found themselves on the outside looking in. These ones probably never heard of the Lord. They, they probably never heard of this nobleman who was hosting this party. They were, were typically strangers from foreign countries. They had no idea of the custom. They, they didn't know what these were, what the protocols were. But you know what? When they heard that they were invited, they welcomed the invitation. Why? Because they no, had no one else to belong to. They had no one else. They, they didn't know the honor of this, but they knew when they came. They, they didn't know how blessed it was, and, but they knew when, when they came and they saw. And the Lord, I'm saying, He didn't care who it was. He just wanted to get it out there. And it was those that were not typically, those who didn't have the most opportunity, those who didn't even have full understanding, but they understood the honor and they welcomed the invitation that ended up getting all the blessing. And, and here's the lessons tonight. You know, sometimes those who have the opportunity, 
have the most opportunity can at times take for granted what is given to, to them. And I want to tell you that sometimes we can get so full of, of all of what we know of God and what we've heard of God and what we've even experienced of God that we can grow cold to the, the invitation again and again and again. The invitation to come closer. The invitation to come and dine. The invitation to come and sit with the Lord. The invitation to, to, to feast on His blessings. And we, we get so spoiled by it and that, that suddenly we can be like the Egyptians who, uh, suddenly the, the Israelites who just came out of Egypt and now they're complaining about the fact that they no longer have the onions and the leeks and the garlics and, and now they're, they're, they're sick of the manna. And you understand that, that all of that, the blessings of God can, if we're not careful and we're not thankful and we don't take for granted the constant calling out, we can be like those who have the most opportunity but can at times take it for granted. You see, in verse 24, he says, For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. And again, there's a, there's a limit that God will go, you know what, I've, I've called again and again. And your response to his invitation, what I'm saying, is you might find yourself in that category. Like I find myself, I have the most opportunity. You know, your response to his invitation to come is still needful. Your response to him is still needful. And a lack of response may lead to a discontinuance, not of your salvation, we understand that, but of further blessing and further closeness. And what I'm saying is, you know what he was saying to these people? You'll make time for what matters to you. If this mattered to you, you'd come. You'd, you'd inspect your land a different time. You knew this was coming. You'd inspect your oxen a different time. You knew this was on. You'd bring your wife. Hey, the more the merrier. <laughs> and so he was saying, you'll make time for what matters most to you. And you know, secondly, those who are needy will have a greater sense of what the Lord has for them. That's you know, why sometimes we don't think there's any blessing is because we don't feel the neediness anymore. We can buy our own land. We can have our own oxen. We have our own relationships. And so the neediness is really an invitation in itself. And the heart of the Lord was for the needy. And he brings us to the place of honor when, when we, we bring our need to him. Those who are needy will have a greater sense of what the Lord has for them. But then thirdly, those who are strangers are welcomed. And actually can at times be the most responsive. You know, that's why when you go to a, a country where it's predominantly a different religion, Buddhism, per se. And you go to that place and you preach the gospel, you know, you find the, the response tremendous. Yeah, there's still opposition. But, you know, they, they come because they actually see the light. Whereas we have here, you know, you get fed and you hear the gospel and you hear the the message of God's word, and we hear it over and over again, and sometimes we, we're just irresponsive. We're not responsive at all. And those who are strangers are welcome and can at times be the most responsive. You know, God made a way for those most marginalized in their society to come fellowship with Him. 
You know what? This was done by faith when you think about it. They'd never met the Lord. They didn't know the protocol. They just got an invitation. And so they come by faith. And you know, the best way to approach God is to approach Him by faith. You know, I think sometimes we think we've seen God. But actually, we're supposed to approach Him not by sight, but by faith. And in that way, we can maintain that heart of a stranger, even though we're one of His. And so, what do we learn from this great supper? Is that there are times when those who have the most opportunity can be the ones that take it for granted. There are times when those who are needy actually have a greater sense of what the Lord has for them, and those who are strangers can at times be the most responsive. But you know what? He, he calls again and again. And, and God doesn't stop calling. And, and you know, tonight, He's calling for a closer walk with you. Tonight, He's calling for another time to die. And it's up to you how you're going to respond to that. Let's pray. And Father, thank you, Lord, for the time. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that we have to, to know you more and to know your heart. And thank you, Father, that you, Lord, so often call. And so often you, you call us to a greater, a greater closeness and fellowship with you. And Lord, I pray that you just help us, Lord, to, to be the type that would just have that heart to respond, to know our need, to know our, our, the delight, and to do it by faith, to come to you each day, Lord, seeking after you. And Lord, we're thankful for that in Jesus' name. Amen.